right, here we are, Dan on top. This is pretty cool. I can't say I have this opportunity every day. Live in the studio, my beloved brother, Mark Lukowitz. Hello, how are you, Dan? Pleasure hey, to be here. I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. It's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. For sure. Well, Mark was here in the studio. Mark's involved in some pretty incredible projects. Mark and I, obviously, we go back quite some time. We've known each other for a while. Love the kid to death. He's an incredible individual. Anybody who you know uh, has the opportunity to reach out to him, I would highly recommend it. Thanks. So I want to dive right in, Mark. First of all, before we get into some cool topics, I want to ask, I ask pretty much every guest this. Uh-huh. Who is Mark Lukowitz? Who is Mark Lukowitz? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's a tough question. Yeah. Um, multifaceted individual, a lot of interests, uh, different passions. Um, things that excite me are uh, health, science, technology. And um, definitely a recent interest of mine has been uh, finance and the economy. Okay. You know, especially given the current situation that's going on in the world here with um, a lot of the financial stimulus and the health crisis we're going on um, into, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll end soon, but, you know, hopefully yeah. not too far into 2021. But uh, those are some of my big interests. And, you know, I'm the type of person who is passionate about, you know, growth, personal growth and self-development as well. And um, overall, just trying to make the best out of everything and, you know, helping, helping other people live to their potential. And, um, you know, that includes, you know, being healthy mentally, physically, emotionally. So, awesome. So, yeah, those are some of my, my, my big points, I'd say. Awesome. Well, you mentioned finance in there, which I think is interesting. And I, I always like to bring on guests that are going to add value to, to our viewers. Sure. And I think that, that finance and interest rates and, and st- stimuli and, you know, fractional reserve lending, some of the stuff that you and I just talk about, you know, randomly, I think that's, that's stuff that's, that's not well understood. And I'd love to hear some of your takes on, you know, what's going on in, in the world right now and what's going on um, specifically in the lending side. Maybe give like a high level overview and then we can dive in a little bit about fractional reserve lending and about finance in general. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are talking about now um, finance, interest rates, a lot of money printing going on, you know, the Fed printing money. Yeah. And, you know, nowadays with the advent of technology, it's not really, you know, creating dollars it's merely just typing some keystrokes right and you just put a one and just put as many zeros as you want that's you know now we're talking about stimulus bills and in the trillions of dollars so a lot of people are talking about currency creation and i I hesitate to call it money uh because money i believe uh from from my teachers and what i've learned is actual uh value whereas what we're dealing with like a dollar is really just a currency unit so it's really not really a store of value it's just a representation and as is evidenced by how um, how easy it is to create um, currency, so most people think that oh, the, you know, Jerome Powell can print up money, and that's where a lot of the money comes from. But but in fact, what you mentioned about fractional reserve lending is actually most of the currency creation comes from the from our banking system, and um, there is a requirement, and I think they actually recently changed the requirements, but we'll, we'll go with the older system that we're only one tenth of the amount of money that's in a bank is is required in order to to lend out. So. If, if the bank has, you know, $1, then they can lend out 10 So you can do the math. If they have, you know, $10, then they can lend out 100 and so on and so forth. So so this is where a lot of this money is being created is actually in the banking system. Yeah. So when interest rates are lower to stimulate the economy and lending is increased and, you know, there are more borrowers or more do- dollars borrowed, those dollars are actually create coming into creation, into existence from the banking system itself. And then... That's where a lot of this um, added money supply, um, M2 money supply, comes from. 
And um, we're not even talking about the derivatives markets. I was actually recently discussing with a friend the derivatives markets, which is kind of like a financial, um, I don't know what you want to call it. It depends who you ask, but you know, a lot of mental gymnastics and a lot of um, financial engineering is probably the right word, that the balance sheet of the derivatives markets is actually one quadrillion dollars. And that's, so that's a thousand trillion dollars. Wow. And that's like imagine, unimaginable. There's actually um, a very fascinating website uh, uh, editor, cue this up if you can, I'm joking. Um, visual capitalist, where you can kind of see a visual representation of how much money we have in terms of, you know, gold and silver, like physical yeah. assets. And then you have, let's say, you know, traditional dollars, and then you have the financial the, the financial economy, which is a quadrillion dollars. And just, you can see a visual representation of that in visualcapitalist.com. And just Very to get cool. appreciate appreciate that. Um, so yes, yeah, so a lot of the currency creation comes from there. And, and the hopes of that is to increase um, money supply and, and to stimulate the economy the traditional way of stimulating the economy is to kind of st stimulate Wall Street right. in terms of like giving large corporations the money that they need to stay in business. Essentially access to capital at a, at a low interest rate. Sure, sure. And that the thought is that that will trickle down to Main Street, which is you and I and, and the rest of your viewers. Right. So there have been some challenges to that theory. And if that's really the case in terms of is that really beneficial? So just to comment about, you know, you, you mentioned uh, some new t newer technologies. You know, we have like gold and silver, which um, I think Robert Kiyosaki coined, the, I think it was him who coined the term that uh, like gold and silver are the, um, or I think he said gold is the, is, the, is the money of the gods and silver is the money of the, like the emperors and, and, the, and Bitcoin is the money of the people. There you go. So I know you're very long Bitcoin. You <laughs> love it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I think it's a good hedge in terms of having a, a physical asset. And um, with this currency creation in terms of, the, you know, the Fed printing money in terms of the stimulus bills, in terms of fractional reserve lending and, and, our, and our banking system, then what the, the hopes of it is, as I was mentioning, would, that would kind of come into Wall Street and then trickle down to Main Street. Yeah. So the issue is that, you know, we're really, it remains to be seen how much that's really going to, you know, accelerate the economy. Because what's important is not just the amount of money in the system, but the velocity of the currency. So I'm not uh, sure what is currency velocity. So mean? that means that's the rate at which money's being spent. Okay. So just because there's more money in the system doesn't mean that it's actually going to stimulate anything. Because let's say let's say you and I were these Wall Street bankers, yeah. and we got this huge stimulus, but we just held on to it in our right. bank accounts. In, until you start putting it into play and, and and doing commerce with it, essentially it's just this phantom money that's doing nothing. Exactly. So it's basically just inflating. So that so you know we can talk about a little bit of social politics and some political things and social you know social engineering as well. But a lot of times, what happens if you want to encourage your viewers to look this up, the Cantillon effect, yeah, which is where the money that's initially injected into the system and and what we've seen it's that's been injected into Wall Street. What it does is it actually gives more value proportionally to the people who get the money first. So when you get money, you get the spending power because it's in your wallet. Right. But now, if we're giving it to Wall Street and then it's trickling down to Main Street, so by the way time, behind the curve. Exactly. So by the time yeah. it trickles down to you and I, the prices have already been inflated because the money supply has increased and the velocity of the currency has also increased. Interesting. Interesting. So really, the ones who benefit are those who get it first. Of course. So basically, what it does, unfortunately, in our system, is it makes the rich richer and those who have less actually either get the same amount that they had before or slightly less because of the inflation that's just catching right. up to what they're to the more the, to the increased money that they're getting. Um, but as you mentioned at a later date. Right. So, you know, we can talk about, you know, gold, silver. That in the past has really been, you know, the, what people are kind of thinking in terms of like how to 
hedge their bets or try to yeah. find an asset that they can physically hold on to. And I, as you mentioned, I'm a uh, proponent of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. I'm not here to say that you know Bitcoin's going to the moon and it's going to be here in 25, 30 years. There's a strong likelihood, in my opinion. But I do think that uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, blockchain technology, I'm hoping decentralized technology is going to be a part of the future. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the fact that the Fed has kept the interest rates at, I mean, I feel like the term historically low interest rates, it's kind of gotten worn out sure. because for the last three, four or five years, we've kept saying, oh, historically low. And then guess what? Historically lower, lower, lower. What do you think about that? And, and, and ultimately, you know, how strong is today's economy? That's a fascinating question, interest rates. Um, so I'm not 100% confident, but I'm fairly confident that we're not going to go into negative interest rate territory. I think... Um, you know, those in charge kind of, of our financial economy have seen what's happened in other countries to have having ne negative interest rates. Yeah. And what's interesting is if you go back, I think to the 70s, the interest rates were around 20%. So a lot of our economic growth was from the fact that we went from 20%, let's say down to 10, down mm -hmm. to five, two and a half, one, and now we're dropping down to zero. So it's pretty unlikely to go another 20% down into negative territory. Right. So, you know, so the strength of our economy, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's up for debate, you know. I think a lot of what the American economy has to offer is, is confidence. Is that, is, you know, we have a strong, we have a, we have a name, we're a name brand. You know, America's a name brand. And with a brand comes certain things. So, you know, we, we are, we, it is a strong economy, but, but a lot of it is the confidence and trust in, in the dollar. Because as, as you know, and all, as most of your viewers probably know, that, you know, we went off the gold standard, you know, in the early 70s. Yeah, quite some time ago. So when our dollar isn't pegged to anything physical, then, you know, what is it really pegged to? So it's really just the confidence of our, of our economy and of our military and, you know, of our policies. So, you know, when you really can't drop interest rates any further to try to stimulate the economy. So to tie this into some of the alternate, you know, newer technologies, it's like, so then, well, we kind of discussed that problem before about how stimulating Wall Street doesn't really come down to Main Street for a while. So how do we stimulate us, you know, Main Street, but in, in, in terms of bumping up the velocity of currency, which is what drives that growth. So that's how you can enter in digital currencies, cryptocurrencies, because if you can give someone, I believe they, they tried this in Japan, where if you can give someone a stimulus and you can put a time on it and say, hey, you have to spend your money in 30 days, yeah. and that money's going to be spent within 30 days. Right. And, that can, and that's all possible with programmable cryptocurrency interesting something to think about interesting so your currency can kind of has a shelf life exactly very fast exactly. and that very boosts the, the velocity of currency so what would you say to investors that have access to capital today oh fascinating question so there's a lot of different avenues i mean one thing is always invest in yourself yeah content education you know listening to things like this and expanding your mind you know I've, as i mentioned i'm into personal growth i know that's a you know priority of yours as well yeah and that's investing in yourself sure so I, I believe some of your investment some of your money should be dedicated to that um, also you know hard assets you know I think everyone should consider something like gold silver cryptocurrencies and you know Bitcoin yeah. consider it you know I'm not saying how much percentages you know I know some people are 10 percent some people are five some people are 20 it's a speculative asset but something to think about and also real estate you real know? estate yeah that's a you know that land's not going anywhere and it's something that people need and, you know, I think we, we discussed this, and, you know, one time I had dinner at your house, it's like, well, who was being, when the government was bailing out these companies, you know, who else was getting money? People who owned real estate. 
Because oh, tremendous. Yeah, the yeah. opportunity. If you own a business or you own real estate during this whole last you know, huge conundrum of a year, sure. the opportunity for in, increase in capital was insane. Yeah, that money, because because if you're a real estate owner, you're providing a service not only to yourself, but to another person, right. to the government, to society. Right. So so in, in a sense, you can kind of short step that, you know, that um, just like Wall Street is getting bailed yeah, out. Yeah, you kind of go to the front of the line. short step that yeah, as well. Yeah, and you can circumvent that and say, hey, I will, I'm also providing a service to someone else. You know, I'm providing them a place to live, which is an absolute, you know, necessity. Yeah. You know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you definitely need that. Yep. So, so yeah, I think that there's, you know, I'm not saying, you, you know, you need to buy this or buy that, but I think it's something that you should research and look into and consult a real estate professional. And, you know, depending on your budget and, you know, what your level of comfort right. with risk is, it's something that you should highly consider. And um, you can do yourself a service as well as someone else. And um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, education, investing in yourself, some what I would call maybe speculative slash hedging investments, gold, silver, Bitcoin, and real estate, you know, focusing on that. And, and you know, we've seen just the tremendous benefits of that. Excellent. Excellent. Absolutely. Sure. We've got about four minutes left. Really appreciate you being on the show here. Of course. Let's turn it around, Mark. What sure. kind of questions do you have for me? Well, that's a fascinating question. <laughs> so many. Um, yeah, I wanted, I, what my question would be is, um, how do you approach so when I think of like dealing with money whether it's a large or small sum of money how do you manage emotions when it comes to looking at money making money losing money so you're saying how do I personally look at money when it comes to managing my emotions around it yeah yeah that that is a fascinating question um, so what I like to do is I, I saw a fascinating interview you know we grew up I know one of the, the basketball teams we loved was the Orlando Magic Right, Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway. Who else? Who was the big dog Sha in the Shaquille center? O Shaquille O'Neal. So Shaquille O'Neal was 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 uh, interviewed, and he was asked by the interviewer. They said, "Hey, Shaq, give me one second. They said, "You're somebody who got a lot of money at a very young age. Sure. What And you've kept it, and you've been successful. What advice do you have?" So he said, "Hey, can I see a piece of paper? Fine. Gives him a piece of paper. He says, "Do you mind if I tear it in half?" He says, "Okay. So this is the money that you make." This, this half, you put it away. This half, you do anything that you want with it. He goes, and if you're really smart and you want to be really rich, you take that and put that away. You live on this. This is where you buy your watches, your cars, your houses, you go out to dinner, you go on vacation. And this is all the money you have. So if you treat this as all of your income, while at the same time you've got 75% of your income in the bank, in, not in the bank, but invested and working for you, mm -hmm. you'll never have a problem managing money. So I think it's, it's concrete rules like that, mm. that that just makes sense and that you don't deviate from. I know myself personally, when I sell, you know, I don't, I don't have a W-2 income. I don't work for a corporation. When I sell a building, what I always make sure to do, I have a specific percentage that I put away no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I take my, my, and that's before expenses. So let's say I sell a building and I get X amount of dollars. Even before paying back the business expenses, I take a certain set percentage of that and it automatically gets invested. Mm -hmm. Just like this model here, okay? Mm -hmm. That way, no matter what I do, right, in my day-to-day, -day, I always have this hidden money. And that's sure. actually something that dad taught me growing up, was that you always want to make sure to pay yourself first. That's sure. how he always said it. That's pay good. yourself right. first. The government does that. The government does that, and as an individual, we should do that as well, because Correct. by paying yourself first, you always know that there's something that's hidden behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. If it's in my pocket, more likely to spend it. If it's somewhere that's stashed away, 
more likely to save it. Got so it. that's that's one of the things that I've noticed it's been beneficial for me. Right, so that totally makes sense. So basically what you're doing is you're making a set of rules and constructs in order to kind of get a step ahead of the emotions. Right, exactly. Because then even if the emotions say, hey, go buy that Viper, I can say, well, don't have the money. Right, and if you do, you do. Exactly, exactly. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Anything else? Um, yeah, what are... what are? Tell me one thing that you're excited about to see in 2021. Ooh, one thing I'm excited to see in 2021. I mean, I'm really excited for what's going on in the net lease space. I'm excited for, you know, just uh, an incredible amount of opportunity. I think there's going to be a lot of deals to be had. I think there's going to be deals to be had in multifamily. I think there's already deals to be had in hospitality. I think that 2021 is a year of incredible opportunity. So, you know, I want to challenge everybody who's watching. Again, I say this often. Look at the opportunity. Look at what's in front of us. There is so much good going on and so much opportunity. Partner up with good people. If there's anything I can ever do, reach out. Love having you on the show, little bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, Here we had you. special in the studio, Mark Lukowitz. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us for Dan thank on you. Top. We'll see you all soon.